Good morning. Hi. So this is episode... 85. 85, well done. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Well today is, I'm trying to kind of build in some fun Fridays, I thought. Okay, and so we're, so anyone in the future, this is Friday today? It is, um, in February, got the right month this time. Yes, you did. Um, and uh, I thought I'd just tell some stories today, some stories of perseverance. So okay. we talked about kind of perseverance in sales mm-hmm. uh what beginning of this week i think it was with follow-up yeah on marketing monday right um and how you know just making more calls than anybody else will normally just bring you uh, what you need rather than yeah. anything scientific it's just about per- perseverance um and through doing the research for that i kind of came across some perseverance stories some of which i kind of already knew um some quite famous famous stories but they still have that same effect, you know, they still make you feel a hundred times better about your current situation or something that you've been trying to do. And so, for example, with me, with um, I've been working with a PR coach, as, yeah. as I've talked about on a few episodes, and, and I find it can be really disheartening, the PR, because you're putting out all these kind of press releases and, and outreach all the time, mm-hmm. and you don't get the back come back and and sometimes you do and then you get yeah no not for us really and you're like oh it's put all this time so yeah having that kind of perseverance piece is just uh i don't know it's just a nice to listen to it's kind of feel good factor yeah agreed (laughs) i think it's also um it's quite relevant as well in that we had uh, a great interview yesterday with netta talmore um which is going up as we speak Mm -hmm. so you should be able to hear that um uh, today, which is good, um, but she spent a lot of years going down a lot of rabbit holes yeah. um, in very different businesses before she came across the one that is now become incredibly successful, exactly matches what she wants out of business, exactly feeds into her lifestyle, gives her an income stream that many would really envy, mm-hmm. and, um, and she's very humble about that and very ambitious and that's perseverance yes. and i saw um i saw something completely separate to um what you were just saying just random it's random how these things pop up but where someone was explaining that um you might be in the middle of your story mm. so this this journey you're going through at the moment where you can't quite figure something out or anything like that and you're just grafting you're just getting your head down but you haven't quite got the wind yet you quite haven't quite got the thing that you're aiming to do or you're not quite sure where the target is it's like well that's like you're in the middle of your movie yeah and you wouldn't walk out in the middle of a movie you'd want to find out where the hell this thing goes and that's that again is all about perseverance well and it's also it's not always a a rags to riches story as well I think a lot of people think that these kind of famous stories and some of them are um but some people have had like great success and then lost everything and yeah. had to start over or or been fired or or whatever so it doesn't necessarily need to be like this linear rags to riches story a lot of the time it's up and down well if you look at there was that graph that someone actually did a visual thing about yeah, business yeah it was like a mean thing wasn't it, was it? A where person on a bike no, no it was one that oh. i just saw um the one that i saw was so how it was how most people think business is, and it was literally a line going up the graph in a very obvious, like, month one, it goes up, month two, it goes up, and it just keeps doing that over the year, and it's just from zero to 100 or whatever it is. And then they're like, what running a business was really like, and it literally just went 
up to one, down to minus one, then up to three, and then down to one. And it was all over the place through that year. And that is, that's definitely, that's not just something that's with business. That's life. Mm. Like, that's everything in life. It's whether it's health, it's whether anything, isn't it? It's like you, you always, there's always, just because you're getting better doesn't mean that you're still not going to have issues. You're yeah. still not going to slide down. No, the, the one I saw was a, was a person on a bike and they're trying to get up the mountain. Right. And um, and so the, the mountain like does this anyway, but then there's like a rope ladder, and then there's like a rickety old bridge, and yeah. then there was like, he catches a plane for a bit, and like there's all these little things that, that you know, sort of, then he falls down one of the big ravines. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was like very much kind of personified how yeah. that business journey is a lot of the time. Yeah, and I think that's the problem. I think we beat ourselves up a lot about when we're in one of those having to cross the rope bridge or we're going down and part of that's our own kind of ego saying well we shouldn't be at this stage yet we shouldn't be in fact you and I have had that conversation mm. you said to me um a little while ago you were like I feel like we should be way further on than this I feel like yeah. we're well that's why I've been struggling with the kind of midlife crisis with 40 coming up for me because yeah. it's like I thought I'd be in a different place to where I am at the minute at 40. Well it's particularly magnified as well when I would say a lot of the successes we've had in life are off the back of the um, inspiration and influence of those that we've chosen to surround ourselves by, mm. right? Like, we, we recognised a long time ago that, okay, if we're always surrounding ourselves by people that have never done any business before, have never created anything of any substance, and who don't want to, mm. then we're going to be influenced by that in some way, shape or form ourselves, yeah. right? So we made a conscious effort years and years ago to cultivate friendships, real friendships with people that are going places who yeah. have a similar mindset to us. And when that, some of those individuals that we consider some of our closest friends, like financially and in business and everything else, they literally strapped themselves to the rocket and they went <laughs> yeah. and, and they're like, they are, they are on another planet now yeah, yeah, in yeah. some instances. And you just think, wow, it's, it's been so impressive to be part of the inner circle and yeah. watch that journey. But as a business owner yourself, you've yeah. got to go, oh, bugger. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I wish I'd got that. But it, it doesn't mean you're not going to have that. No. It, it's and it's, just... it's kind of a sliding doors moment as well. Because I, I thought that with our interview with... Um... Uh, Jenny and Colin Bradford with their mm. franchise. Which is still yet, by the way, if you're listening to this today, um, early February, where this is 85, we said, episode, yeah. that's episode 79, which we're still waiting to drop. Oh, really? Moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, there's an issue with the the software, the company that's dealing with it oh, for me okay. is going to drop it in. So apologies if you're waiting for 79. And Jenny and Colin, if you're on that episode, it's coming, I promise. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're listening to them. So they're... They started at the same time as us in, mm -hmm. in their kind of business journey, then franchised, obviously, like we did. And in the same year, our business has kind of completely stalled because yeah. it, it's in the events industry and COVID. Um, and obviously, we're all waiting for it to kind of come back round. They're on the flip side. They've sold theirs for a big profit and everything's kind of hunky-dory. So you've got that kind of sliding doors moment where yeah. you've got this very direct comparison. And it's through no, nobody's fault or wrong, whatever. It's it's just life, you know. Yeah. But and, then, and so I think that, you know, these kind of stories that I'm going to tell in a minute, it's just nice to hear that. It's just heartening, isn't it? You know, to hear that these kind of big names that you... You hear, and, and it's it's kind of the antidote to the overnight success that you you hear a lot of and the 
yeah, hit seven figures within a year kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a lot of scammers out there. And I would say the scammers are out there more than ever right now. Well, not even scammers, but just people that don't share the full story. They just, yeah. they just tell you the, oh, I did this. And they don't give you the real picture. Doesn't yeah. mean that they're necessarily Well, it's because they're, ultimately they're trying to sell you a product, yes. right? Yeah. So... Um, they're, they're, they're trying to sell you their system, their, mm. their system that makes loads of money. Yeah. And it's like there are things that are fundamentally true about business that are the same, like about launching anything in business, right? There's, there's core truths that you have to do to even get to the starting line, mm. right? And in fact, you and I have been talking about doing kind of getting a group together, yeah. um, reaching out to a few people and just saying, okay, look, we're going to, build over the course of like a few days we, we're going to build a, uh, a step-by-step of like get your stuff launched yeah because there are some fundamentals that you just have to do in business whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. right so that's true but that doesn't mean that once you get to the starting line you're suddenly going to get handed a check of a hundred thousand pounds or a right. million pounds which is where some of those guys that that's the kind of message that the, the yeah. subtext of what they're saying yeah. and that's that's what you and I feel is very wrong yeah. because we would have a very different view of those individuals if they were just saying, look, can't say that you're going to do what I did, but I can tell you exactly what I did and teach mm. you what I did to get you to the starting point. Mm. And, then and also the rest that is it's not you. all about the money as well. You know, I was on a clubhouse room the other day where... You've some... said clubhouse nearly every episode now. You said you... it a minute ago, didn't you? No. Oh, you've been hearing it. you did. I am hearing. But... Um, yeah, I was in a room with some female entrepreneurs and they, they were having a bit of a gripe about some of these big rooms on Clubhouse where they are all about the selling and, oh, I've got 100,000 followers and, oh, I've got, um, you know, I, I sold a company on the, I put a company on the stock exchange last week and, oh, I did this. <laughs> and it's all very, very show-offy. Um, and it's, it's not, we were saying how it's not about that for us. It's about enjoying, not just yeah. enjoying the journey, but enjoying the business that you do. It's yeah. not about like, oh, I got this big check or I got this big tick point because that's kind of almost arbitrary. That's the secondary yeah. effect. It's like, it's great. You've got the money and obviously you need to put food on the table and you want to do more than that. You want to live a comfortable life and create wealth for your family, etc. There's nothing wrong with any of that. and But it should be a byproduct yeah, of, of what you're already either enjoying or, or giving value to other people. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It should be you should be loving the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And and the great thing about this space, if you're not currently in business, but you're listening to our podcast, and you've got an idea or something like that, I like when you the one thing that I absolutely love about being in business, probably more than anything else, is when you meet other business owners, small business owners, or medium sized business owners like Netta, who we were interviewed yesterday, and so on. And you have exactly the same understanding and the same battle scars. Mm. Like in different ways, you've accumulated those battle scars and that understanding. But it's like a little club. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I remember that feeling. And, well, I feel uh, like we've done that with nearly all our guests. Yeah. We've had that. that I mean, obviously, the, I think partly the reason some of them we obviously already know. They're, they're people that we know in business or they're friends. But others have kind of gravitated towards us or us to them because yeah. of that similar... Yeah feeling that similar mindset but I think with all of these people that I'm going to go through um in a moment is it I don't think I mean there are lots of stories of millions and billions even yeah but I don't think any of them would 
have carried on with the persistence if they either didn't have a passion for it yeah. or a, a fundamental self-belief that they could do it. I think they're the two key things to, to perseverance. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and having people around you that cultivate that in you. Mm-hmm. So, it, because if you have people around you that are constantly saying, oh, it's not for you and you're, why are you doing this and all this kind of stuff, you're... Yeah your perseverance and your self-belief will go out the window in a blink. So that's why people and and groups are so, so important in that journey, yeah. I think. And I, I I put, I mean, the fact that you and I feed off that each other mm. is, is that helps us move the dial all mm. the time, right? But we have some very cool people around us that... Mm. that not physically around us. I mean, we barely see them, to be honest, physically. Um, but like on the phone or on Zoom or whatever yeah. it is. And and they and they fuel the fire all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right, should we dive in? Go on in. So these are just my favourites, really. You know, there's hundreds of people that you could draw on for, for success stories. Um, and in actual fact, I want to put out um, into the ether, I'm going to put it on, on Facebook and I'm saying it now. If you've got a success story, whether it's your own or some, some that you know of that I don't go through today, please, please do send it to me because I'd, I'd really like to just collect a load. Yeah, I think yeah, that'd be yeah. a really cool thing to do. Anyway, so uh, the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Um, you may have come across the main book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, but there's a whole series, Chicken Soup for, on, for the Soul for Entrepreneurs, for Mums, for Kids, for... I can't remember them. For relationships, there's, there's a whole line of these books. I've heard of them, but I've never done any of You've them. Ne- I've read the, the main one. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, the two um, authors, or or not, I suppose they are authors, but they kind of gathered people's stories. It's right. not um, it's not a told story in itself. It's lots of little success stories. A bit like this, really. The, the stories that kind of make you feel better. Yeah. But they, they hence the... Chicken exactly. Yeah. Um, but they had this idea and they went to 140 different publishers and they got rejected by all of them. Wow. Um, and even their agent actually gave them back the book and was like, I can't sell this. <laughs> I've tried. It's not working. Oh. <laughs> and that went on to sell 100 million copies. And as wow. I say, it spawned all of these. It's a bit like the Dummies series, you know, it spawned all these other ones off the back of it. That's nuts. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, but the aging was sad. <laughs> yeah, I think he gave up before that. Um, and Stephen, I never know if it's Covey or Covey. You say Covey, I say Covey. I think they pronounce it Covey. I think a song. <laughs> I think you and I pronounced it Covey because we're English and that's how you read it. Right. But it's he pronounced it Covey. Covey, okay. Well, he, C-O-V-E-Y for anybody wondering. So Seven Habits of Highly Successful People mm. is obviously a phenomenal book. Again, has some spin-offs. Seven Habits for Highly Successful Families. Yeah. Um, I can't remember some of the others. Teenagers, I think, is another one. But yeah, it's, it's one of the most... It's one of the first proper books that I ever read. That you were giving it in the bank, weren't you? Were you giving it I in have the bank? no idea. I genuinely can't remember how I came across I the book. I you might have been giving it... Maybe, but it was, it's like, if you haven't read that book or you haven't read it in a long time, go get it. Because in terms of giving, it's a great book in terms of making you really think about your own behavior, the behaviors of others and, and how to be more effective. And it gives you some real tangible, like constructive skills, Mm -hmm. like communication skills and all that kind of stuff. I think it's a fantastic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... He was in debt with this company before that book 
like did anything for right. 11 years Jeez. so his negative he put in negative accounts for 11 years to the point that his ratio of debt to net worth was 223 debt to one jesus christ yeah it's ironic that he had a book of highly successful i know people. i know right? <laughs> right and then and then at the end of that 11 years within two and a half years he went from that negative debt to 160 million jesus christ we <laughs> talk about fast growth in that two so that's interesting years. isn't it because that goes that really does tie into that self-belief thing isn't it because he could have quite easily have given up yeah knowing that he was in debt yeah. and knowing and if they well, how can I justify pushing a book about being highly successful when I'm carrying that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Did you know how he died? No, I knew really he died. Sad. I, knew he was, he died, I think he was only in his 60s, and I'm sure he died on like a cycling. Oh, okay. I think he got knocked down by a bike or something. Oh, no, I didn't. I knew he had died, but I didn't know how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was really sad. But yeah, amazing book. But that's nuts. I didn't know it was 11 years. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew nothing about it until I started doing this research. Because you'd assume that he would only... Have, somebody who publishes a book like that only does that at the point where they yeah. need it. Yeah, exactly. But but I, I, suppose... think he, I think it was just because he was a psychologist. So, same as Jordan Peterson. It was like, was what... he a psychologist? Yeah, I think so. I'm sure he was something along those lines. Yeah, because that's the other thing about the book. It's, it's about strategies to... Make, when they talk about highly effective people... It's not about being highly successful. It's about how you, how how you get through your day, how you mm. get through relationships with people, how you master your own emotions and all this kind of stuff, so that you are being effective. Yeah, you yeah. are the things that you're doing are moving the needle. They're not you're not tripping over yourself every five or self sabotaging every yes. five seconds. Yeah, exactly. Um, next one is Sam Orton, so of Walmart. Right. Okay. Um, so he had his first store first walmart it wasn't walmart it was called something else but his first store and um he he lost it after five years um everything went wrong he went bankrupt he was even kind of kicked out of the town that <laughs> had this. really not quite sure the story behind it but yeah he lost everything but i love this the reason i included this one is i love this quote from him so he he said he said that he believes everything happens for a reason and he he knew he just had to pick himself up and carry on right um even though he he describes it as a complete nightmare and the worst worst thing that could happen but his words were i had the chance for a brand new start and this time i knew what i was doing oh that's very and I, cool yeah and i love that because i think if you do have to start again especially now after t- surviving 2020 and now we're going into 20 well the start, at the start of 2021 you may well have had to start again um, yeah. because of your business or at least adjust a lot of things we're kind of starting again because even though smiley booth's on pause and it will come back a huge amount's changed so we're in lots of ways kind of starting yeah, in the company and in, in the industry and everything yeah. has changed yeah it's that's a that's an interesting point because i was talking to one of the franchisees the other day and um they were having a they were having serious like just concerns because they're sat in the UK right now. Mm-hmm. Everything's locked down. We're in February and this and they're worried about the future. They haven't effectively delivered an event for over a year. Yeah. Because of COVID. So they're completely detached from the experience of yeah. taking bookings and delivering events and all this kind of stuff. And they were having worries and concerns about well, what's the future? Where what's gonna happen? And I was like, but and I said a very similar thing to that in terms of you're not going to zero. Yeah. Like you're, you're, when you start again and everything starts moving, the, the amount of experience that you've gained yeah, in, yeah. The, in the years that you've been running your franchise in the photo booth hire business, 
no, it doesn't matter if you get a startup that turns up around the corner to deliver a photo. You have so much experience and knowledge that your you're so your starting line is so far forward mm. compared to where they could start from. Well, it's like you were saying about Netta, you know, with all yeah. her other businesses, when she started No Hassle, she had all that knowledge, even though they were quite different in what yeah. they did. She had start. She knew what she was doing this time. Yeah, and that's a really important thing, actually, yeah. guys. If you're listening or watching this, and th- and um, and you are having to start again, Netta, who is the episode being published today, Netta Talmor, um, she had twenty years of running loads of different businesses. Um, really, like from running a hotel, like they bought and ran a boutique hotel, a wedding dress selling shop, and all this kind of stuff, and um, loads of different things. And then, um, and then she stumped, She came across an idea. I, th- I think she said she came up with the idea in the February and thought, well, that would work. She had launched the business by March. Mm. And, and it became, it ran so fast yeah. like, in terms of her ability to bring revenue in. It was super profitable from the get-go because she, was, she had all of those years of understanding and experience. So... If you're already in business and you're having to pivot or start again, don't beat yourself up because no, no. this next venture could well be the one that really sends you off on a jetpack. Yep. And if you're starting out and you have no experience, surround yourself with people that do have it. Yeah, but that could also be it. one of the best things. You know, mm. I've heard that quite a few times recently from like seasoned entrepreneurs when I've been listening to podcasts is not knowing is a, is a great yeah, thing. Yeah, you have a different view. Yeah, yeah, because you come in with a fresh perspective and you're trying different things and things that ordinarily might not typically work, but they do because you didn't know it wouldn't work. <laughs> well, it's a bit like us with this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's, if we did very little research before deciding upon doing a podcast... And we were like, oh, we'll just do one daily. Yeah, and, yeah. and we just and we're just learning as we go. We publish it pretty much daily. The only time we tend to get stumbled on is is due to tech, tech issues problems, or yeah. or whatever. But the but fundamentally on average we're, we're daily. But it was only after we did that, made that commitment, and then started entering into it took us about a month before we started going into the podcasting kind of groups yeah. where they all talk. And they were like, Oh, you should publish once a week or a couple of times a month. And they all got if we'd have taken their yeah. lead, that we well, yeah. they spend ages like building their studio. Yeah, and buying all the equipment. Yeah. And yeah, we didn't do any of that. No. So um yeah, so yeah, going in naive, yeah, you're right, sometimes is a massive advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um yeah, so that's Sam Walton. Um well and another example of of kind of having your experiences I, I don't know what happened to him before this point I need to kind of go back into this story but this is Colonel Sanders of KFC um, and you're yes. so very English what Colonel they Sanders they call it Colonel Sanders or Colonel Sanders I don't know but I'm going to stick with my English accent <laughs> <laughs> um, but he uh, he had something like $100 to his name right and um, knew he had to do something so he, when he was older as well, yeah, right? I was going to come to that. So he he um, had his mum's recipe for um, chicken. Right. So he would go round to restaurants, literally physically driving round to restaurants across the country in his car, cooking for them to right. show them the recipe. Right. He got a thousand and nine rejections. Oh, a thousand and nine rejections before somebody said, "Yeah, I really like that." And yet he was sixty-five years old. Yeah, that's so. As I said, I don't, I can't, I don't know his story up until that point. Yeah. But somebody said yes. The the thousand and tenth person said yes, and then yeah, KFC became what it is now. That's ridiculous. Because the um, that's the thing the media would have you believe that um, 
that oh you've got to have like and a lot of these marketing gurus and that lot will have you believe that basically if you haven't done it in your late teens or in your or in your twenties and everything else it's too late for you yeah yeah um but a vast majority of the successes in business have come from people north of forty yeah like certainly no younger than th- mid thirties yeah 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 the bigger successes the ones that we're all kind of aware of tend to happen and there's more that's, than one that was in their sixties yeah, as well yeah but that's because you get these like you know, Forbes 30 under 30 list and all of that kind of stuff. And it just really doesn't help people's yeah. mindset, you know. It's like, we're not over the hill when we're over 30 and well, setting up in business. Well, especially because business <laughs> is is so intrinsically linked to who you are as a person and your own understanding of what you're, what you're about. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and that takes, that. there's a bit of life experience that has to happen. Or you either have to have a lot, you have a decent amount of, like, bumps and bruises that life's given you over the years to understand that or if you are younger you you have to have some awesome mentors around you that yeah. are, that are, are teaching you that in the yeah, first yeah, place yeah. um but we've met a few people who in fact have franchisees of ours are we've got a handful of franchisees that are in their 20s yeah um and you can definitely tell the difference between those that are younger and those that are older in our mm-hmm. franchise network in terms of how they process things. Yeah. And I would be the same. Yeah, I was yeah, very yeah. ego-driven when I was in my early 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just written myself a note, 40 over 40. I think I'm going to put something together of, like, fabulous people over 40 or that started at over 40 yeah. or something like that because yeah. try and change the rhetoric a bit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think I, and if you are in your 20s or your 30s and you're listening to this podcast, it's like... You got time. Yeah, yeah. Like, give yourself permission to learn and just to grow, you know. And you're having your forties and whatever yeah. else. It's not. We we everything's like got to be a success yesterday. It's like no, it doesn't. No, exactly. It's not a race. No. So, um, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Um, no. so you know, you would never call Abraham Lincoln a failure, would you? You wouldn't. It just the two words just don't go together. No. But until he was president, and I had no idea of this. Um, but he. Failed in business at 21. Right. And then he was defeated in a, a legislative race at 22. Oh, wow. And they all died like at 25, didn't they, back then? <laughs> and then he failed in business at 24. Right. And then his sweetheart died at 26. Oh, Jesus. And then he had a nervous breakdown at 27. Oh, God. And then he lost the congressional race at 34. Right. And then he lost the uh, senatorial race at 45. Right. And then he failed to get vice president at 47. And then he lost another senatorial race at 49 before, <laughs> he, before he came president at 52. Jesus. So from 21 to 52, that's what, 31 years of just failure after failure after failure. Well, he not just, just failure, but like kind of stuff that would make most people just throw themselves off a bridge. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And And some of the gaps between that, you know, like... Uh, lost congressional race at 34 and then senatorial race at 45 there's nine years going on between that that there's not just a oh i tried again next month you know that's they're, they're big time frames when he's been working towards something and then and then lost it but just kept going yeah it's weird isn't it how we um we exp- like we we almost like every day we wake up it's like okay well we are now like we're working towards the end of this thing. Oh, we haven't succeeded yet, yeah. so we're at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, no, you've still got a lot of years ahead of you. Yeah, I, th- I think practising coping with disappointment is 
such an invaluable skill because I mm-hmm. I really struggled with disappointment as a kid. If I was disappointed by something, I you know have a complete meltdown, and including like whether it was I couldn't get a toy like most kids, or whether it was something at school like I you know tried to get into something, or I'd um in my musician um days when I you know hadn't won first place in a certain contest or whatever because I, I was always competing, and my parents just didn't know what to do with me with with disappointment so they they tried to prevent me going for things that's yeah. how they started to do it they were like you don't cope very well with disappointment so you better not try <laughs> completely the opposite is what you need because yeah, you're it, always going to be disappointed in life it's this part of life well yeah because you're never going to be necessary you can't be good at everything no exactly and you, and you never i mean we have a, a thing in this house where i banned a word uh, or two words from this because it was it was the and it was those two words would always follow a sense of disappointment, and that was fed up. Yeah. If I heard the, anybody in the house say fed up, you in particular, <laughs> it's like, right, nobody's allowed to say the words fed up. Yeah, because yeah. What, what those things do is they reinforce a state of mind. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm now this. It's yeah. like, no, you're not. It's like that event happened, but you're not fed. Like, I hate those two words. <laughs> they are two words that drive me nuts. So, but yeah, dealing, coping with. Failure and disappointment, those yeah. two things, and understanding. I, I put a post up on our Instagram, on the Smiling Entrepreneurs podcast Instagram account the other day, um, and I think it was from, I was going to say Ariana Grande, but it really wasn't. <laughs> who's, who's, who's the Ariana who created Huffington? Huffington? Is it her, yeah. I was going to say, who's the Ariana who created Huffington <laughs> Post? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, Ariana. She said something along the lines of... Um, failure is the journey to success yeah, yeah, like that yeah and it really i mean that's every time we've failed in any aspect of business we've learned from that yeah. and we've got better from it yeah we? and i i mean I, I i get my parents from a point of view be, like now being a parent because it is horrible when your child is disappointed and it is a horrible emotion to process but it's but you need to practice processing that emotion and, and reframe it. And, and I know I'm going to mention her again, but Sarah Blakely. Um, oh, who's that? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, but her father um, used to say to her at, at dinner, uh, her and I think her sibling, I think she had a brother, um, what did you fail at? Right. And and he wanted, they, they would rack their brains at something that they tried to do because if he, if they couldn't tell him something that he, they, they'd failed at that day, right. or I think it was that week, I think it was once a week, they, they'd have these end of week dinners kind of thing he'd be disappointed he'd be like well you haven't failed at anything so she'd be trying out for like cheerleader squad and this that and the other just to fail at something because he wanted her to keep experiencing this failure to reframe it as something not to be afraid of which I think is amazing it's great but did you did you hear about her brother (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he's like he doesn't Walking talk to her yeah he's a complete failure all the time he doesn't leave the house and he's uh yeah she's a billionaire and he's like <laughs> i have no idea by the way <laughs> but seriously though reframing that is just i think so powerful definitely yeah I, again it's i think it's one of the reasons why you and i so like we kick out so strongly at these marketers that are like selling this nonsense because yeah. it does two things right it 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 sells something that's not obtainable yeah but it's it's obtainable for them because you're buying their their yeah, yeah, yeah. get rich quick course but it also doesn't it doesn't teach you that it, it's not honest it doesn't yeah, yeah. teach that 
Okay, you might fail at this, and that's okay. You might yeah. fail it a hundred times before you get it right. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't teach the reality, and it and it, it almost encourages you to give up as well. Oh, yeah. I tried it. Oh, it didn't work. I'm obviously not the same as you. So I'll, I'll yeah. I well, it's not not just a, I'm not the same as you, but I'm not good enough. Yeah, yeah. Like that's this system was so e- like you've said it was yeah, so yeah, easy. Yeah. This is the greatest thing and. Yeah, I've made no money. So and I'm you, finding it hard or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and you don't beat hand up and say, well, I don't get this, it's not working for me. And they rely on that. They rely on yeah. the sense of shame that you have about the fact that you're not delivering it as well as they do. Because yeah, like, I you, told you, it's easy. What's your problem? Yeah, and if you were to say it's hard, you're just a whiner. You're just a whinge, you yeah, know, rather than people admitting that it is hard, but we all have to pick ourselves up and just keep going. Yeah, it's, um, it's a very... It's a very dangerous manipulative game. There. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, Starbucks. So he went to Mr. Starbucks. I don't actually know his name. Um, whoever he was, I can't I think can of his name off the top of my head. No, I know it's not. <laughs> um, but he went to two hundred and forty-two banks for a loan to start wow. Star- Starbucks. Um, <laughs> I know, and uh, eventually got the money he needed. I think it was four hundred grand at the time um, from two or three different investors, a doctor and, a, and some other investors, like private investors in the end, he couldn't, couldn't get it from the banks. And now there's 1,000, I can't even say it, 16,850 stores. Really? Of Starbucks. They open two a day. Really? They average two a day since 1995, 97, something like that. Jesus They've averaged Christ. opening two a day. That's insane. That's nuts. Yeah. And, and you can almost understand in a way why the banks did refuse because it was just a coffee shop at the exactly. end of the day. But yeah, you got that insane. Well, it does make sense. you appreciate that we. <laughs> this is part of the problem, right? It's if you're a business owner already and you're already running at hundred mile an hour. When you hear things like that, you're like, "Oh, I'm not doing enough." It's a, it's a bit of a balancing act. I mean, we're guilty of that. It's a, we try a few things. Yeah. We're pushing say it like mad at the moment while we're waiting for Smiley Booth to get some. We're doing some stuff with Smiley Booth in terms of the marketing and raising awareness of it. But the say it models, we're just trying to get that in front of as many people as yeah. possible. And you, you do get, um, okay, not at the moment or yeah. not this time yeah. and all this kind of stuff, even though we know it adds massive value to these yeah. people's lives. And it's easy to go, okay, well, I, I spoke to 10 or 20 people yeah. this week. That's enough. But no, and it's it, not. And it's easy to kind of go, have I got this wrong? You know, have I, have I misjudged this? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the the beauty with Say It is so many people tell us they love it, that that's kind of what keeps us going. But, um, but yeah, it is really hard. I mean, I personally um, am far more driven by needing to do things for people. You know, having that, as you've said before on other podcasts, you know, I'll work all night if there's a to-do list that has to be done. Yeah. Um, I find it really hard to kind of get up in the morning and keep pushing that rock uphill when yeah. I could literally do nothing all day and nobody would tell me off because... Because there's no orders coming. Do you see what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. Well, I had pull. that yesterday, right? Yeah. I was saying that to you yesterday. I yeah. was like, there's, I'm somebody who likes closing a sale or closing a deal. That's yeah. that's what fires me up. And we're in this weird bubble at the moment where yeah. it's like, there's an enormous amount of work we're doing, um, but there's not that closure happening on yes. any of it. Yeah. And and I said, I said that to you yesterday. I said, I feel a bit like, feel a bit disjointed yeah. feel like, I feel yeah, like, it's, it's feel like I'm not running as hard as I should yeah. and 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 that's the journey that we talked about at the beginning of this episode yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms of it's up down all over the place so we we have very key disciplines that we make sure we do each day to try and keep us on track but that doesn't mean we always stay on track yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of stay between the lines 
yeah. don't we? We understand where the hard borders are either side of us, yeah, so we yeah. go, right, we can't cross that. But there's, there is wriggle room where we're like, okay, we're not as effective today yeah. as we were yesterday. Or... When it's just having that having that faith to just keep going. I mean, that, that, that investment was great for me because with Say It, we've had conversations with a couple of investors who've turned us down. And I've literally gone, oh, maybe we, do, we won't get investment. Yeah. <laughs> there's thousands out there exactly that I can right. try, you know. Yeah. So it's, it, you just, and they're not the right people, you know, no. at the end of the day. Yeah, if they're not fired up, because that's the other thing now, and, and that's, I suppose that's the beauty of you going through this today, is if you're an investor, if you're looking for somebody who's looking for funding and investment, if they're not really super excited from the get-go to get involved and everything else, then they're the wrong person for yeah. you. You shouldn't have to sell it to them that hard. No. If you've got something that's it. really valuable, adds value, and that you genuinely believe in, then they need to come up. Because the moment you've taken their money, you're handing something over in exchange yeah, yeah, for yeah. that, and that's dangerous. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. We need to scale up our conversations Absolutely. dramatically. Um, JK Rowling, another one. Um not 140 publishers like Chicken Soup for the Soul, but 12 publishers. Um, she was, but there's not that many publishers, I would imagine, bigger ones to go to. No, and, well, and one of them was Bloomsbury, who actually eventually took on Harry Potter. Right. But when, but the first time, told her to go get a day job. <laughs> yeah, because she came from quite humble backgrounds, didn't she? She was divorced, living in a tiny flat with her daughter. Her mum had just died, um, and she was just yeah trying to keep going. Um, and she's worth some ludicrous amount of money now, I think. Yeah, I didn't write that down. I think uh, it's in the billions. No, it's not in the billions. No, it's not in the billions. It is. No. What do you think of what Harry Potter is as a as a as a brand? I think about Harry Potter. World. No, because what the your you're going to make me look it up now. Aren't I you? am, yeah, because <laughs> Sarah Blakely was the first female billionaire. Yes, I think, so wasn't she? True. And that wasn't that long ago. Well, no, Harry and that Potter was certainly after Harry billions. Potter. Maybe she's oh, yeah, yeah. I think she's worth... She's. I don't know what she's worth. What does it matter? But the point is that yeah, she's... Yeah. Um, if anyone listening, Kate's feverishly going through her laptop now trying to find <laughs> out. But um, I had in my head that she was worth like in the low hundreds of millions. But who oh, knows? Um, only that. <laughs> poor her. Yeah. But, yeah, the fact that she went from... Because, she, again, she was somebody that started... It was later in life as well, wasn't it? It wasn't somebody that was... I can't remember how old yeah, she was. Yeah, she, yeah she, wasn't, she wasn't, like, in her early 20s or anything. Uh, 670 million. Oh, poor her. So that's nearly three quarters of a million. J.K. Rowling's net worth has been estimated to range from 650 million to 1.2 billion. Oh, OK. So, um... That's a ludicrous amount of money. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, that's uh, and and how old is she? Uh, does it matter? It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But, but um, but as I said earlier, it's not obviously the money's amazing. She's fifty five, by the way. Um, obviously the money's amazing, but I think more of what she's created in yeah. Harry Potter, like mm. uh, you, you know, this fabulous set of books that just yeah. inspire so many young people. So people get so much enjoyment from that. Well, this is the, right. So, um, for those that you, you, none of you on us recording this would have heard the Netta Talmor interview that we did yesterday that's being published today. But, um, Kate, don't get into your work. I'm not. I'm, I'm <laughs> opening up the next one that I want to Okay. I'm not going to get in my work. On I know. So, that laptop, the moment you open it, we lose you. <laughs> um, but one of the things that Netta Talmor um, really, the thing that got us thinking, was um what was the term that she kept using 
and, and I said it at the beginning of this episode, um, sustainability. Yeah. Right. So, and it's definitely listen to that episode um, because sustainability means that like it's, it, I, I use the word scalability more in terms mm. of, right, you have a widget or a product or whatever it is you can sell, but you can sell hundreds, if not thousands of them at a time without increasing the number of hours yeah. that you have to work, right? The, the work itself is the same. It's just, and the systems and the, yeah. the process of delivery um, is either, well, it's automating the, the delivery, yeah. right? And that's the thing with JK Rowling, right? She yeah. managed, she tapped into a system through yeah. the use of her book and then through the movies that gets to touch millions of people's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But her work effort doesn't change. Yeah. The, the dial is the same in terms of, okay, I have to produce content mm -hmm. and I have to do some interviews and whatnot, but mm. I only have so many hours. But the actual, it didn't matter if she sold a thousand books in a day or a million books in a day, it didn't affect her yeah. hourly work Which is something that stands on its own. Well. Yeah, and, but that's how you should think about your business, yeah, yeah. right, is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you, I mean, don't get me wrong, if you are somebody that loves trading your time for money, then great. Mm. But ideally, you should be trying to create something well, scalable. it's a different kind of energy, isn't it? Because, um, you know, Netta was saying that she, the idea of one-to-one, -one, she just hates it, that's just not yeah. her. But uh, in that clubhouse room that I mentioned earlier, there was a woman in there, completely the opposite. Right. She said, I don't want to be delivering myself to hundreds at a time on like a webinar or whatever. She yeah. said, I really enjoy one-to-one. -one. But yeah. that's, what, again, coming back to loving your journey, it's about what you want to do and, yeah, yeah, and true, what works yeah. what works for you. Yeah. So um, coming back to this, because um, we have children to pick up soon. <laughs> so <laughs> um, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, so this is quite a famous story. You may, may or may not have heard it. But he was rejected by 600 casting agents. And his first eight screenplays were all rejected as well. It got so bad for him that he um, stole his wife's jewellery and sold that. He was homeless for three days. He ended up sleeping in a in a um, in, uh, train station for mm -hmm. three days, um, and he had to sell his dog. Um, he sold his dog outside a, a liquor store for twenty five dollars. That's all, all he got. And it was about a week later that he saw a boxing match uh, between Muhammad Ali and I can't remember the other person, but the the other person was the underdog mm -hmm. of like thirty to one or something, um, and. And that's where the kind of idea for Rocky came came through. And so he wrote the screenplay. He wrote it in one hit in 20 hours. Yeah, he wrote it in a ridiculous yeah, short time. Yeah, he just wrote it in, in yeah. one go. And he did actually get success with that in that when he took it to people, somebody wanted to buy it. And um, they offered him 125 grand. Mm -hmm. So that's, you'd think, yay, job done, tick, I'm not mm. homeless anymore, blah, 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 blah. But he wanted a star in it. Mm. And they didn't want him to star in it. They wanted a, a, you know, he was a complete unknown. They wanted a, a famous actor to star in it, but he really wanted to star in it. So he said no and walked away. Um, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think they offered him like 225 the next time. And he said no, because he still wanted to star mm. in it. 325, and he said no, because he wanted to star in it. And in the end, they did buy it, with him starring in it, obviously, as we all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for only 35 grand. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he was obviously going to be in it and, and get the money from that side. So the rest is history. We all know what happened with Rocky. Yeah, because um, they wanted to share the risk, because yes, he was in it. Yeah. yeah. So that, But that 35 grand, he, um, he spent it 
buying his dog back. Yeah, well, it was worse than that. Not only yeah. did he buy his dog, because he went back to the guy. So, well, he went back to the liquor store. He waited at the liquor store for three days. Yeah, Because yeah. obviously he didn't know who this person yeah, was. Yeah, waiting for this hoped. guy to turn yeah. up. Yeah. This guy turned up. He offered him $50. $50, guys said no. $100, guys yeah, said no. Exactly. $500, guys said no. $1,000, guys said no. Eventually, he paid him fifteen grand for the dog that he paid Twenty-five. And well, the deal was that the he had to pay him fifteen. Was it fifteen grand? grand? Yeah, he had to pay fifteen grand cash to get his own dog back that he sold for nothing. And then on top of that, he had to agree that uh, the guy could star in the movie. Oh, so the guys, the guy is in the movie, (laughs) and um, I can't remember what the name of the dog is in the uh, in the movie now. Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. But the dog in the original Rocky movie is that dog. Oh, cool. Yeah. I know that bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really weird name. I can't remember what the name is. But, um, yeah, so if you watch that movie, the guy stars in it and, uh, yeah, and the dog stars in it. Yeah. So. But talk about self-belief, you know. They, there's somebody waving a magic check of 125 grand that will solve all your problems yeah. and your screenplay is going to be made, yet you really want to be in it. Well, he's worth <laughs> similar sums to uh, the Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, he's, yeah. And he's a really... Like, if you go down the rabbit hole of researching him, he's yeah. a fantastic yeah, person to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's episode, because I'm going to have to wrap you up now. Can I just do one more? I've got my last one. <sighs> okay, <laughs> go is... for it. <laughs> One more is Walt Disney, um, and I'm actually going to read most of this one because his story is, is so fascinating. Everybody obviously knows who Walt Disney is, and it all started with a mouse, but you probably don't know his story of being bankrupt seven times. Um, so he started um, working for a newspaper. He got fired because of his lack of creativity. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he started an animation company called laugh grand Films in 1921. He was able to raise fifteen grand as the sponsor as the uh, finance for that, which is huge in nineteen twenty. Yeah, which is about two hundred grand now. Right. Um. And, but he and he made made a deal with a New York distributor um to do this, but the distributor went out of business, which took his business with him. Wow. Um. And he could barely pay his rent, and supposedly he even resorted to eating dog food because it was cheaper. Wow. Um. So broke but not defeated, he carried on and he bought a ticket to a ticket to Hollywood. And his first um, cartoon crate character, sorry, I can't get my words out, was Oswald the Rabbit. Right. And oh, that really one. That one we all know really well. <laughs> well, Oswald the Rabbit, he tried to negotiate a better deal with Universal Studios, but Universal Studios had secretly painted the character and therefore destroyed all his rights to it, and he lost Oswald the Rabbit. Wow. And so um, he then uh, obviously came up the with... Universal Studios did rubbish with Oswald the Rabbit then. Yeah. Well, he then obviously came up with Mickey Mouse, which is fascinating itself because had he been successful with Oswald the Rabbit, Mickey yeah. Mouse would just not Never be Never existed, thing. yeah. And Mickey Mouse came from the fact that um, a church um, em- uh, employed him to do some graphics or something for, for their newsletter or something on right. the sides, and it was mouse infected. It, 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 that was infested, <laughs> sorry. Um, there was mice everywhere, so that's, that's kind of where the, the, the mouse came from. But people didn't want it initially because they thought mice would terrify women, so they didn't right. want the mouse. Um, <laughs> Three Little Pigs was rejected. Um, yeah. Pinocchio was shut down during the production, and um, and other films like Bambi, Pollyanna, Fantasia were all completely misunderstood by their audience to start with. They only became popular decades later. Wow. Um, but his greatest example of perseverance, if if all of that wasn't enough, was about Mary Poppins. And there's a whole film on this 
separately now, which yeah. we've seen. I can't. Uh, yeah, we Banks saving us to banks. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I, I'll, I'll get the right title for it and, and put it in the show notes. But yeah, he really wanted to make Mary Poppins, um, which was a book at the time, into a film. But the writer, Pamela Travers, wasn't interested. She didn't want her, her book to be made into a film. So to win her over, he travelled to England several times over the next 16 years. Right. He persevered with going to England and knocking on her door. And it took a decade and a half for him to finally convince her that he wanted to make to make Mary Poppins. And obviously it's now a, a classic. That's huge. Yeah. So I, I just love that from Perseverance because not only have you got the, the, the original story, yeah. but even once he's already a success, yeah. he's still got that perseverance. He doesn't just go, oh, well, we can't make Mary Poppins. Let's look for another book. Well, doesn't this, like, all of these things, doesn't it just ring true the fact that we think too short-term? Like, in our today's world, everything is so short-term. Yes, very much so. We should be, whatever project we're involved in, whatever thing we're involved in, we should be thinking, like, years down the road in terms of our growth and our impact. Well, I can't can't remember who said it. I know you're going to say Bill Gates. The five-year and the year thing. Yeah, so Bill Gates said people always overestimate what they can achieve in one year and completely underestimate what they can do in five. Five years, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and I love that because it it takes that panic and that urgency away as well and that comparison with other people and all of those kind of negative traits. Yeah, and it gives you permission to learn. Yeah. And that's an important point to think about right now. If you're sat there thinking, I've got to get some cash in and I'm really stressed out and I've got to do this, it's great. Get it that we feel your pain, but whatever thing you're involved in is going to take you. If you've never done it before and you don't know exactly who your customer is, and it's going to take you time to build it up. That doesn't mean you shouldn't invest that time because when it does start rolling, you're going to benefit from it. Yeah, and do it right. You know, mm. if, if if it needs to, if you need to go and get a job or something else on the side while you're building your passion, then do that. Do it the, the right way. Don't let it be hamstrung by the fact that you're desperate for cash. Or you do create a cash-generating <laughs> thing that's very limited in its growth capacity yeah. whilst you're doing something else that has the potential to really grow. It's like, yeah, you seeking advice from people around you that can add value is really important. Being in groups that add value is really important. But yeah, thinking long-term... I mean, that's a big takeaway for me on all this. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'd say it. Yeah, yeah. We created that last year. Um, it launched at the, towards the end of last year. And we're guilty of going, why are we not reaching millions of people yeah, by yeah. now? And it's like, well, because things take time. Well, and, you, cause, and also because you think somebody's going to come along and steal your idea. But, you know, Starbucks, it was a coffee shop. I'm yeah, sure exactly. there was thousands of coffee shops in the world already at that point, you know. Agreed. So... Yeah. Uh, I hope you can take away some kind of uplifting um, things from these stories uh, for your own story. Do look at other people. I'm not going to go through them because we don't have the time, but Hershey is a great story. Steve Jobs, listen to his commencement speech at Stanford University. If you can just Google that, um, you'll hear his story, which I didn't know elements of that. Um, Edison, obviously, with the light bulb is a famous one. The Wright brothers. Um, There is so much out there. And if you do have your own story or you know someone with a story, please do um, message us because I I love these stories. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Right, now I'm going to go pick up our children from school. So So have a great weekend, everyone. Yeah, have a good day. Bye.